on Mother's Day, but I'm going to minister on mothers, mothers in the Bible. And uh, I felt like the Lord was leading me to uh, go this direction and uh, because there's some awful, uh, powerful women in the Bible and, and mothers in the Bible. And, and uh, mothers are, uh, are mothers. And they've always said a mother will always be your best friend. And so uh, I found this out that uh, when, a, when your child is sick, they usually don't cry for daddy. They usually cry for mama. And in most cases, I'm not saying that's always the case, but in most cases, they cry for mama. And uh, mama just has that touch about them and that, that warmth about them, and that love about them, and, and that they run to mama most of the time whenever they're in, in trouble or having some problems and issues in their life, they turn to mama. And so uh, I guess you have that, that job to be that caretaker and that, that comforter. Uh, as the Holy Ghost leads and guides you. I want to read a few scriptures in Proverbs chapter 31. Proverbs chapter 31. And uh, I'm going to skip around in here a little bit. And uh, I'm going to start with verse 10. And I'm going to be a junior in the New Living Translation. And uh, it says, uh, hold on, we ain't done something yet. Confession. we got to make a confession. What am I thinking about? Hold your Bibles up here. Gina, can you put that up there? Let's say this together. This is my Bible. I have what it says I can have. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Therefore, I am healed. All my needs are met. I do have the mind of Christ. I do have peace. I do have joy. I do live the abundant life. I am delivered from every evil work. I do succeed in life. I am blessed. Today, I will be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. I will never be the same. Amen, 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 amen. Praise God. Let's look at uh, Proverbs 31 verse 10. And it says this, Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. And uh, virtuous, if you look up the word virtuous and find out what that means, it means a a woman that's strong, a woman of valor, a woman with strength and force. And uh, if you look at virtuous, if you look up the definition that says in Noah Webster's 1828 dictionary, it says morally good. Morally good, acting in conformity to the moral law, practicing moral duties, and abstaining from vice. He said, who can find a virtuous woman, a strong woman, a forceful woman? And it goes on to say, her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. We're going to jump all the way down to verse 25, Junior. Verse 25. It says, she is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instructions with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you suppress them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty does not last but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. 
You know, there's nothing, I don't think, more, uh, uh, more important in any person's life, whether we're uh, the mother or the father, than that we fear God. That God is number one in our lives and He is the, He is the director of our lives. He is the, uh, we call Jesus Lord and, and many call Him Lord. And, and, uh, in fact, the Bible says you have to confess Him as your Lord. And when you do that, you realize that what we're saying when we say Jesus is my Lord is we're saying you are the supreme in authority in my life. That's what Lord means. Supreme in authority over our lives. And there's nothing greater, I don't think, than the fear of God. When you talk about the fear of God, we're not talking about being afraid of God and being afraid of what He does or what He's not going to do. It means we reverence God. It means we worshipfully worship, uh, reverence God. And so the Bible talks about women that are uh, love God and serve God and worship God and cares about her family. That whole proverb is about a woman who cares about her family, that loves her family, her children, her husband. She cares about their well-being. And I could probably safely say that there's not a mother in this house today that does not love their family in that way. You care about your kids. Many times your kids come first. You know, you hear of mothers all the time working two and three jobs just to put their kids through school and the, the single parent homes and such as that and working their tails off just to, just to put money in, uh, in, in the bank to help take care of their children and do such as that. But I'm telling you something, uh, the greatest thing that any of us, men or women, can do is love God. Amen. Is love God. I wanna, uh, I wanna turn to a few places in the Bible of different mothers in the Bible and, and, uh, one of them I wanna start out with is in Genesis. We're gonna go all the way to Genesis chapter three. Genesis chapter three. This mother has probably got a bad rap most throughout the whole Bible. And uh, that's the mother Eve. And uh, she was the one in, in uh, Genesis where, you know, when Satan appeared to her at the tree, uh, see, some people think it was an apple tree. We have no idea if it was an apple tree or not. And uh, so apples kind of get a bad rap too. But the thing about it is when Eve stood before that tree and was deceived and, and sold out, uh, sold their, 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 their position out that God had placed them, then that's kind of what Eve is known for. And, uh, not so much of just the, uh, 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 of the mother that she was. In fact, if you realize, if you read the Bible and check things out, you can find very little said about Eve. Really, you don't hear a whole lot about Eve. And, uh, but I do know this, she uh, was a mother. And she loved her family. She loved her kids. And uh, in fact, in verse 20, chapter 3, verse 20 of Genesis, it says, and, and uh, I will also read that in the New Living Translation. It says, Then the man Adam named his wife Eve, because, listen to what he said, because she would be the mother of all who live. Because she would be the mother of all who live. Can you imagine if you tra tra traced your ancestry back 6,000 years, Eve would be the mother of all who live? I mean, she was the founding mother right there, amen? And I'm telling you, she made a mess. She, they messed up, got kicked out of the Garden of Eden. But I'm telling you something, that didn't change her affection that she had for her family. 
And, uh, you know, in fact, if you look in chapter 4, you'll find out the Bible says Adam knew Eve and she bore a child uh, and it was, uh, his name was uh, uh, Cain and then she bore again and his name was Abel. She had two sons. She loved her sons. She cared about her sons. It don't really fill all this stuff in there, but we know this. She's a mother. And she cared about her kids. We found out in the Bible that Cain rose up and slew Abel, her youngest son. And I'm telling you, let me tell you something. I believe with all my heart, Eve grieved over her sons, plural, because I'm telling you, it wasn't just one son that, that she lost. She lost two sons in that situation right there. And I guarantee she grieved over them as a grieving mother. And she cried and wept over them. And then it goes on to say in the latter part of chapter 4 that she uh, Adam knew Eve again, and she bore another son called Seth. And he took, and she said, God has given me a man-child to take Abel's place. And I'm telling you, she had situations in her life. We don't know what all went on in her life. We can't sit, I can't give you scripture and verse for everything uh, that I'm saying right now. But I'm just kind of reading in between the lines that that woman loved her family. She cared about her son. She cared about their lives. And even though when things fell apart, I guarantee she was still there for him. Let me tell you something. She was not just there for him for a few years. She was there for him for hundreds of years. Do you know they lived in their 900s, 800s, and 900s? I'm telling you, she was there for many, many years of them boys' lives. And listen, uh, when we look that, we don't really see Eve that way sometimes. I, you know, really until I just read how Adam said she will be the mother of all who live. And so she is a, uh, I guarantee you, that she'll be in heaven. Y'all believe she'll be in heaven? And I, I'm, you know, we think about all these great men of God. But I think it'd be kind of neat to find out what she's like. Don't you know she felt horrible about the situation that happened in her life? I'm telling don't you know she felt terrible about when she ate that fruit and, and, and lost her position, got kicked out of the Garden of Eden, and then we all preach about her all the time? We talk about it. Where would we be if it hadn't have been for a woman in the Garden of Eden? But I tell you what, we, we got that all messed up too. Actually, we should say, where would we be if Adam had not transgressed in the garden? Because Adam could have put a stop to it if he hadn't indulged in it himself. Why? Because he was the head of that relationship. He could have, I think he could have turned some things around. But the thing about it is, we all give the woman that, that, that part. And, uh, but she was a, a wife and a mother who loved her family. Praise God. So you look, can't, if you start looking up to see all that you can find out about her, it's going to be very little in the scriptures you're going to find. Maybe you can find other some historical things. And, uh, but I want to look again at another mother in Exodus. Exodus chapter 2. Let's talk about Moses' mom. In verse 1, and I'm, I'm going to stay in the New Living Translation, Jr. Verse 1, chapter 2, it says, About this time a man and woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby, 
and kept him hidden for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papillus, whatever it reads, and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds among the bank of the Nile River, and the baby's sister then stood at a distance watching to see what would happen to him. And you say, well, what's the, why was she hiding him? Well, if you'll read the Scriptures and you'll leave the chapters prior to that, you'll find out that, that uh, uh, the Israeli people, the, 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 Israel, the Israelites were, uh, uh, were, were multiplying at such a rate that Pharaoh decided, listen to me, we can't let them keep multiplying because if they start keep multiplying, there's going to be a day that if we go to war with somebody, they may join up with them, and if they join up with them, then we're doomed. I mean, there's nothing happening. They're, they're multiplying beyond what... They're, they're more than what we are, and the Egyptians. And he said this to the midwives. He says, when you go into the Israel, the Hebrews and you go into them to, to, for their babies to be born, you take all the boy babies and you throw them in the river. In other words, kill all the boys, but save all the girls. And so the midwives, it says, if you'll read the story in chapter 1, you find out the midwives, they feared God. They feared God and they would not do it. So they said when he came, when Pharaoh came to them, said, how is it that these midwives, uh, that these uh, Hebrew uh, mothers are having their babies and y'all are not doing what I told you to do? And that was to kill all the boys. And they said, well, the women are not like us. They give birth so quick that by the time we get there, they're already born. But the thing about this, they feared God and they would not take the lives of them babies because they feared God. And I'm telling you, so the whole story in this with Moses, why it's so uh, unique about this mother is this. She was supposed to take him and throw him in the river. He was supposed to be destroyed, but she hid him for three months. She hid him. Why? Because the Bible says he was special. Now, all of our children are special, right? But there was something about Moses, because Moses was actually called to be the deliverer of the Hebrew uh, children from Egypt, and I'm telling you something, she was a mother that had no fear. In fact, the Bible says in Hebrews, I think it's in Hebrews, uh, now let, me, let me read this verse in Hebrews. I wrote it down. So, In Hebrews chapter uh, 11, verse 23, it says, It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months. When he was born, they saw that God had given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. They were not afraid. They did not fear what the king would do because, listen, they was protecting their son to the point that it could have cost them their lives. They weren't afraid of that. Why? That's my son, and we're going to keep him alive. We're going to do everything we can do to move from our, our son and so this mother of Moses, the parents of Moses, went beyond the king's command and and honored and 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 honored God's word and kept Moses alive for what God had called him to do. I'm telling you, isn't that what every mother in here would do? Do everything you can, praise God, to bless your children and to help your children. Amen. Amen. There's other women in the Bible. And uh, I want to jump down. Let's go to, let's go to one. I, I didn't really have this one uh, wrote down, but I, I feel like we need to go here. Let's go to let's go into the New Testament real quick. We got several in the Old Testament. We'll go to the New Testament. Let's go to Matthew 15. 
Matthew 15. And I'm probably just going to do this in the New King James Jr. Verse 21, it says, Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to Jesus, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Now, why is this woman, why is this woman there? For who? Her daughter. She went to Jesus for her daughter on the behalf of her daughter. What a mother. And I'm telling what, you would almost think she was being uh, 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 ridiculed and all kinds of stuff. Why? Because actually, she was a Seraphonician. She really didn't have no right to the covenant of God at that time because Jesus hadn't died and brought the Gentiles in. But the thing about it is, she went on the behalf of her daughter and she was willing to do whatever it took to get her daughter delivered from that demon spirit that was holding her in bondage. And I'm going to tell you something. She had to, she, listen, most people wouldn't have made it to the, to the miracle part. Now you probably would have. But a lot of people wouldn't. You say, why is that? Because I'm telling you, it didn't start out real good for her. I mean, she goes in there, she's just going to Jesus. Why? She found out Jesus cast out devils and he healed people. He done all those. She says, I'm going to go after him. I'm going to go get it with Jesus. And notice what it said. They were telling her, the disciples kept saying, Jesus, why don't you send her away? Get rid of her. She's bugging us. She's bothering us. But that didn't stop her. I said, that didn't stop her. She just kept pressing in. I'm telling you, listen, let me just say something to you mothers. You got to keep pressing in. Just keep pressing in. Don't give up on your children and, and uh, no matter what's going on in their lives, don't give up on them. Stay in faith. Stay encouraged and say, listen to me. My prayers avail much and praise God. I'm a, I, I fear God. I honor God. And I'm telling you, I believe one day your children will rise up and call you blessed. Amen. He says, but he answered uh, and said to her, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, you don't have a right to this right now. Now, that would have discouraged people right there. Well, evidently nothing's going to happen for me. Listen, if you're not careful, your faith will be very slim into what you, uh, into what you uh, uh, do and what you believe. I was watching Jensen Franklin today, and, and I don't know if any of y'all watched him on TV this morning, but they gave everybody that walked in their church their rubber band. They put that rubber band on their wrist and I always realized, he said, this is where your faith has to be always stretching. It needs to always be stretching. You need to be able to stretch your faith. And I believe this woman was stretching her faith. She went beyond, listen to what she did. She went beyond her emotions. She went past her feelings. And because she was there for a purpose, I'm there for my daughter. I'm not there on my behalf. I'm on the behalf of my daughter, my children, or some whatever you're uh, for. And it says she came, and it goes on to say, she urged him, send him away. He said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And then she came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. 
I'm telling you, she took it to another level. She began to worship God. Listen to me. I don't know what's going on in, in children's people's children's lives and such as that. I don't know, but I do know this. If you'll spend some time worshiping God and praising God and thanking God and acquiring of God for your children, I'm telling you something will start changing in their lives. Can somebody at least have a better amen than that? Amen. She began to put out the effort what it would take for her daughter to be delivered. And all of a sudden, Jesus said to her, this is Jesus talking, He said, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. It's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Now, who wants to be called a dog when you're up there bringing and come, coming on the behalf of your children and you've already been t- told to leave from the disciples there to say, send her away, get rid of her, tell her tell her to go on. She's bugging us, she's bothered. And out of all this, I'm worshiping Jesus, I'm worshiping, fell at his feet. And he's saying, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Now, the gall of anybody to call me a little dog. But she's a mother standing for her daughter, and she didn't come to receive an answer, no. Honey, you listen to me. So you all have people say all the time, they say, well, you know, sometimes God says yes, and God sometimes God says no. Well, I don't agree with that. The reason I don't, the Bible says all the promises of God are yes, and in Him, amen. He's a yes pronounced upon every promise of God. You know, sometimes we give up because we think God said no. But if He gave you a promise of it, it's a yes. Thank you for your enthusiasm this morning. I said, but if He gave you the promise, if you have the word on it, let me tell you right now, it's a yes. Huh? He said, you and your family could be saved. Do that, is that all inclusive to your children? To me, if it says all your family, that includes everybody in your family. You know, we're to start, we, sometimes we might need to stretch our faith a little further outside of us four and start going to aunts and uncles and, and, uh, uh the, the others that are in our lives and, and start believing God for, uh, those to be saved. God cares about everybody that we care about and even the people we don't. So it says, not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. It's true, Lord, but even the dogs... Listen, she does, Listen, she said, I'll tell you what, I, I, if I'm, I'm a dog, I don't have to have the whole loaf or the whole slice. I just need a crumb that falls off the master's table. That's all I got to have. You know, the Bible said Jesus cast out a devil with his word. Just a word. And so here she is saying, okay, if the children's bread... And we know the children's bread is healing. Who are we? We're the children. So we have a right to the children's bread. Amen. And she said, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. And notice what Jesus said. Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, not old woman, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed that very hour. Let it be to you as you desire. Great is your faith. Listen to me. Faith is not just seen, it's heard. Faith, our faith, your faith has to be strong. It has to be enduring. It has to be one of those instances where you say, it don't matter what it looks like. It don't matter what it sounds like. It don't matter what's going on. I got a promise and I'm going to hold fast to that promise and I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give in. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to stay with God. 
You know, there's many times when we can just sit uh, to put our heads down and say, well, I, you know, I've been praying, I've been believing God, I, I've been standing, I've been doing all those things, but nothing seems to be working. Let me tell you something, with that attitude, nothing will be working. But when you pray and you worship and you believe God and you start saying something like this, God is working. God's working on my son. God's working on my daughter. God's working on my family. God's working in this situation. I'm telling you, there's something taking place and transpiring in their lives that moving them closer and towards the direction of God. Huh? I know somebody that had some issues with a son and, and some things was going on in, in their, in, in their, in their son's life and, and it was, it was not biblical and it was not, uh, godly. But the thing about it is they started doing something. They would get up, uh, was it once a week, once a week. They would go and drive around his home and, and they would pray and declare the word of God, stand on the promises of God. And they did, they've been doing it for several years. Every week. They begin to stand their ground. This is a mom and a dad standing their ground, claiming their son, believing God for things to change in his life, believing God for him to turn around and get back right with God. This is a young man that was a, in, in a, a youth leader, a praise on the praise and worship team and all things and got deceived and got sidetracked and went off course and off base. But I tell you what, those parents did not give up. They did not give in. They did not quit. And they still do it to this day. But the thing about it is that they just got reports that things are changing. Things are changing. He's beginning to pull out of some things and and hit and seeking the, the will of God and the plan of God for his life. You say, why is that? Because somebody would not get discouraged. Somebody would not quit. Somebody would not give in. They wouldn't give up. They just kept pressing in and pressing in and pressing in. And and all of a sudden, they start hearing the good news. Listen to me. And they just, listen, things have been happening for several years, but they just heard about it. You say, what's happening, Pastor? Because when you start standing with Jesus and you start standing on the Word of God for your children, God starts working on their hearts, working in their lives. You might not see it instantly. It may not, you might not see it within a year. You might not see it within two years. But I got good news for you. God is working and He's turning their hearts to the Father. He's turning them to God. And I'm telling you, you've got to be somebody that's persistent in what you're believing and standing for. You can't get in your mind. It's not working. It's not working because the devil would, here's what the devil wants. He puts it in your mind so he can get it to come out of your mouth. If he can get it to come out of your mouth, then he's got, he's got more access to them than God does. I remember listening to a, a, an individual that was preaching and he said, you know, uh, he was standing for his son. This was a, this was a, a, a minister. And he was standing for his son and his son was going through all kinds of stuff and all kinds of issues in his life. And he started, he said, and he would always, him and his wife would talk, said, well, nothing seems to be working. It seems like it's getting, getting worse. It's why don't he straighten up? Why don't he do that? And all the things they were saying. And he said, God showed him a vision one time. He says, he uh, showed him uh, the courts of heaven and he showed him this. And, and he said, the devil is taking, the devil is the accuser of the brethren. And he said, the devil's bringing these accusations against your son. And he said, he showed him this. He said, the devil told God, he said, well, I'm just telling you what they're saying. I'm coming with their accusations. I'm here telling you what the parents are saying. I'm telling you what they're saying. I'm using their own words against them. Huh? Don't you think he still does that today? 
He takes your word, uses it against you to God and say, I have a right to this because they're saying it. That ought to be a revelation to somebody. We ought, we ought to be speaking positive, seek, speaking right things over not just our family, but our own lives. Oh, how discouragement can cause the wrong things to come out of our mouths. But Jesus said, you can have what you say. 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 What? Is that serious? Is God serious? He said, I made you just like me. I made you in my image. How do you think I created everything that you see? By what I said. I said, and it became, I said, and it was. I'm telling you the same thing with us. The same thing with us. Sometimes we just got to pull ourselves aside. Have you ever just got, have you ever, let me just ask you, have you ever corrected yourself? Just pull yourself aside and say, now listen, we're going to have to make some changes. Huh? No? What's wrong with a lot of us? Sometimes we want to say, here's what's wrong with you. Here's what's wrong with them. If it wasn't for my husband, if it wasn't for my wife, if it wasn't for this, if it wasn't for that, we could be doing all right. When we're to pull ourselves aside, just pull ourselves into the bathroom or something like that, look in the mirror and say, I'm going to have to talk with you right now. We're going to have a talk. You know what you've been saying lately? You don't desire that. You don't want that. So why are you saying it? So why are you saying it? You know what the Word of God says. God says you can have what you say. He said you're snared by the words of your own mouth. Life and death in the power of the tongue. So we, we understand all those things like that. But at the same time, when we get frustrated or discouraged, things will start coming out of our mouth that don't benefit our family. It hurts our family. It hurts our family. If you want things to change, you have to change what you say. Am I right? Things will never change. I'll put it this way. Things won't change to the better. It can only get worse unless you change what you say. If you don't change what you say, nothing can get better. Huh? And so I'm telling you, she went in for a purpose, and she notice what it says, and it says, Oh, uh, oh woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was what? Healed from that very hour. What if, let me just put some scenarios out here. What if when they said send her away, she had left? If she had left, would her daughter have been healed? No. What if she would have looked at Jesus when he said it's not good to take the children's bread and give it to the little dog, if she had looked at him and said, I dare you. I dare you to call me a dog. You just don't know how much humility it took for me to even show up here knowing that I wasn't a, a part of this covenant thing. And, and, and you tell me that I'm a little dog. I dare you. I will go somewhere else. Would her daughter have been healed? No. It was when she submitted with humility and said, okay, I accept the fact that I tell you what, if I'm a dog, all I need is a crumb off of the children's table. And if you'll just give me a crumb, just a crumb, all I got to do is have a morsel, a small bit of what you have, and my daughter will be healed. And that amazed Jesus. Why did it amaze? Because listen, it, it, it amazed him because she, she was still there. Huh? Sometimes for you still to be standing, people, has anybody ever looked at somebody and said, I can't believe you're still standing. It seems like you've been praying, you've been praying, you've been praying, you're praying, and nothing seems to be happening. Here's what you were to say when somebody says that. No, 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 hang on. Hang on. Did I ever say nothing's not happening? No, I ain't ever say nothing's not happening. Why? Because I can't pray and not see results. 
I can't pray in faith and not receive results. I cannot pray in faith and not see results. I am going to have results in the name of Jesus because I'm praying in faith. I'm just not going to negate it and I'm not going to let you negate it for me. Come on. She got what she wanted. She was a mother who knew what she wanted. She went after it and she got it. So I'm telling you, stand your ground. Stay the course. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't play out. Stay with God. Look in John 19, St. John 19. Verse 26. Jesus hanging on the cross. Jesus on the cross. And it says, therefore, when Jesus therefore saw his mother, did Jesus love his mother? Jesus loved Mary. He loved his mom. He honored his mom. When Jesus therefore saw his mother, the disciple and the disciple whom he loved, which was John, standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. You know, I was reading that last night, and I was thinking, here Jesus was concerned about Mary when he's hanging on the cross. He is concerned about his mama's well-being. He honored his mother and made sure she was taken care of before he died on that cross. I'm a, isn't that special? Good Lord. We would all feel that way about our moms. Let's take care of my mom. Help her. Look in Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 1, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. You know, if you read Numbers chapter 20, you'll find out that when God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses, one of those commandments was honor your father and your mother. Honor your father and your mother. And listen to me, it was the only commandment with a promise connected to it. The only one with a promise connected to it. It said if you'll honor your father and your mother. Now listen to me, he didn't say if they do everything right. You know parents don't always do what's right. Well, if my, if my parents wouldn't do this or wouldn't do that. Let me tell you something about parents. They're smarter than what you think. Is anybody awake? Good Lord. Let me tell you something. Parents many times are trying to help you from getting the, the, getting, having the pitfalls they went through. They're trying to help you not to suffer some of the things they went through. Amen. And he said, children, if you'll obey your parents, honor your parents, your father and your mother, which is the first commandment, that it may be well with you and that you may live a long, a long life on the earth. 
Listen to me. Honor is very important in God's eyes. Very important in God's eyes. To honor our family, to honor our parents, our mothers and our dads. Amen? Praise God. They're important. Amen? Uh, you know, my, my mother wasn't, a, she wasn't a, uh, I, don't, I don't know how to say it. She wasn't somebody that railed us. In fact, my little, my older little brother back there, we, we got away with anything practically. There wasn't two, th- I mean, we, I mean, but I tell you what, I found out one time, one thing about my mother one time, I said, you want to, you know, and I'm not, I was never a sasser. I, I never sassed my parents. I never said any, I never said anything derogatory to them. I never said anything ugly to them or hateful to them. And to my knowledge, I never did. Uh, you know, I just, I just didn't. You know, I, I, I loved them and all such as that. And I, I never had any bad words to say to them or about, I, you know, I just didn't. And the thing about it is, I remember one time when uh, it was in Thornton at a house living in there. And, and I remember that uh, I was getting something out of the refrigerator. And my mother said something to me and I, I, I did a little sass. And not, have you ever thought I did it, but I didn't know she heard me? And I, I was in that refrigerator saying something back, kind of mocking a little bit, thinking she didn't hear, and all of a sudden, whop! I, she put a hand across my back. I didn't have a shirt on. Hit me with my back, and all of a sudden woke me up. <laughs> and I thought, well, I will never do that again. And I didn't. The thing about it is, she, she took care of a situation she needed to at that moment. Kind of got my attention. And, you know, I, I love my mom. I, I loved her. And, you know, of course, she went to heaven in 2012. And, and the thing about it is, is uh, she's in heaven today. And, and uh, many, some of your parents, mothers, how many mothers are in heaven today? Raise your hand. Your mothers are in heaven today. And, and I'm telling you, so, gosh, there's a lot of us. Our mothers are already gone on to be with Jesus. Praise God. And, and uh, you know, the thing about it is we, we still honor them. I said, I said we still honor them. We still honor them. And sometimes you, we just need to tell Jesus, tell my mom I love her, give her a big old hug for me, and tell her we miss them, and we'll see them soon. You ever just told Jesus that? You said, well, that don't make much sense. Let me tell you, it makes a lot of sense to me. If, there, if Jesus, is, uh, He walks among us, he's, he's with us, He hears us, He's with them, don't you? In fact, God told me one time uh, at a funeral. I was doing a funeral for a little boy uh, that got run over going to his grandma's house and got hit by a car. And uh, I was uh, doing that funeral, and at the graveside that day, uh, I said, God, what can I tell these parents to give them encouragement? He said, tell them this. I never thought of this in my life. He says, you tell them when they want to give him a hug to tell me, I'll give them a hug and tell them it was from them. I thought, well, if he'd do it for that little boy, wouldn't he do it for our parents, our loved one? This might have went on to be with Jesus. See, we got to realize they're not in our past; they're in our future, and they did not cease to be. They still are. They're more alive than they were here. Am I right? 
They're more alive. It, it wouldn't hurt none of us to say uh, occasionally. I don't do it all the time. My grandparents and all such of that. But I tell you, I was just telling God the other day, just just recently, I was saying, give my mom a hug. Give my dad and my grandparents a hug and tell them I love them and miss them because I actually had went down to the cemetery and I, I went and I was standing looking at their 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 uh, tombstones and looking at them there. Uh, and I, I just said, God, give them a hug for me. Tell them I love them and miss them. Amen. Can we do that? I mean, it's, it's, it's a possibility. So praise God, we need to honor our parents, honor our fathers and our mothers, and let them know how special they are to us. Amen. I, I can't tell them face-to-face right now, but some of you can. I said some of you can. Some of you can still love your parents and embrace them and hug them and give them that love they, and honor and respect that they deserve in your life. Amen. Praise God. Well, I'm done. God, you're so good. And we love and appreciate you so very, very much. Father, for our parents. God, not that they were perfect, not that they will ever be perfect. But God, they're our parents. And God, I declare that there's a great honor being bestowed upon our moms today. That God, we're going to love them. We're going to cherish them. And we're going to let them know how much we appreciate them. Father, touch the kids in this house. That their parents are still living. And they're still able to hug them and kiss them and tell them they love them. Face to face. God, let this be special times with them in these years that we're in right now. Father, bless them. Give us wisdom and revelation concerning relationships. Touch and change our lives. What a good God you are. We praise you, Jesus, for moms. Just lift your hands to heaven and thank Jesus. Oh, we love you, Father. Thank you today for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that covers every mother in this house. Thank you for adding years to their life and life to their years. God, give them a joyous life. That their latter days will be greater than their former. God, that their loved ones, their children, whether they're serving God or not, they'll be drawn to God. They'll be drawn to them. To cause unity. One mind, one accord. Thank you, Jesus. God, there's nothing too hard for you. Nothing too hard. There's nothing, no no spirit of division or strife that can outlive or outlast your love. So God, I pray for your love to cast out all fear, to cast out all strife, to cast out all division. God, and bring unification in the home. God, I thank you for the spirit of repentance. men and women will repent and get their hearts right before God. 
God, that your love would prevail in every home represented in this church this morning. That your love will prevail. Because you said in your word that love would never fail. And I thank you that your love will never fail. We love you, Jesus. We thank you today for all that you've done and all that you're doing.